The buzz is heating up over a potential trade between the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans for the number three pick. So we're exploring that possibility from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Lockdown Dolphins, and we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the NFL on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Joe, you mentioned it in the open. We've started to hear some buzz in regards to another top draft trade. Uh, this potentially featuring the Arizona Cardinals, which when we did the Bijan Robinson exercise yesterday, we kind of effused how important it is for Arizona. If you have an opportunity to move out, y'all should really move out. And uh, it sounds like there's one team in particular, at least according to NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah, who he has really heard some rumblings on being interested to go up and make the splash. Yeah, on the Move the Sticks podcast this week, Daniel Jeremiah said, quote, can I give you the team that I've been told to keep an eye on that's exploring this and looking into this, referring to the trade up? Again, this is just people around the league who said, do not sleep on numero 11, the Tennessee Titans. The two teams to keep an eye on with trade-ups were the Raiders and the Titans. Okay, so these would both be quarterback trades in your expectation, huh? Oh, boy. Yeah, you better. If you're trading up to three from 11, there's one position and one position only. And that's quarterback. With the Raiders, you think the Raiders would go up for anything else? I mean, I'd hope not. You're picking at seven. You're going to get a really good player. Um, and potentially, you know, like they have their edge rushers, you'd think. If there's anything they do have, it's edge rushers. You they think Chandler could, Jones is a long-term answer? Though? Yeah, I think he's going to be better next year. He'll I be better, be better than year. last year, too. But Yeah, I. but, dude. I think they could sit there at seven. They might get their choice of offensive linemen. There could be some defensive tackle value there, depending on how things fall. I don't think that the Raiders, with all the needs they have, should be in this conversation. But obviously, who should be in this conversation is the Arizona Cardinals, who own the number three pick. We've got four quarterbacks that could potentially go high in this draft. And Arizona is in prime position to move back and get themselves a bunch of assets in general manager, Monty Austin first draft with the team. And of course, what was his job before he came to the Arizona Cardinals? He was the director of player personnel in Tennessee for three seasons, 2020 through 2022. And he comes to Arizona and obviously there's a big job ahead of him. A uh, new head coach. They've already hired Jonathan Gannon, but this roster is one of the worst in the league, and they need everything that they can get to retool. And Arizona right now is in good shape. They own picks 3, 34, 66, 96, 105, 168, 180, and 213. Uh, But I think 
continuing to stockpile those assets makes a ton of sense, especially in a year where who knows when Kyler Murray is going to be available and ready to play. And um, obviously a ton of needs throughout that roster. So let me start with this. When when you evaluate Arizona and, and the roster that they have, can we do the thing real quick? Sure. Your three premier positions on the offensive side of the ball are what? Offensive tackle, quarterback, and wide receiver. Okay, so at quarterback, you have Kyler Murray, who you gave a $240 approximately million dollar contract to. Uh, unfortunately, he'll probably miss, we expect, the first half of the season at a minimum in recovery from the so. season injury. Um, behind that is Colt McCoy and David Blau, as things currently stand. Okay, But you at least feel like, okay, you, you made a very significant financial investment in a quarterback that has plenty of physical talent. You consider yourself that box checked, right? I think that's fair. For better or worse, the box is checked. Offensive tackle, DJ Humphreys and Calvin Beecham are your your two players. I don't think either one of them is necessarily a bad. I'd I, I classify them both as probably adequate starting tackles Correct. in the NFL. Yeah, I'd agree. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, and then wide receiver is the presumed outgoing DeAndre Hopkins. Hollywood Brown, who the team acquired via trade with Baltimore. Uh, Rondale Moore. I guess that Pascal's probably the next in line here. Oh, Greg, Greg Dorch. Dorch. Greg, Greg Dorch. Dorch. He had a pulse last year, my guy. I'm excited for him. Andre Baselia, yeah. Auden Tate, and Javon Wims. Auden Tate, Javon Wims. <laughs> Ooh. So, it, what's the highest you would classify Marquise Brown at this stage in his career? Is he a quality starter? Quality Z? Or is he an adequate receiver? I don't think um, we classify him as a roster cornerstone by any capacity. No, I wouldn't call him a roster cornerstone. Um, there's a lot to like about what he brings to the table, and certainly there's a lot to respect with his skill set. Um, but I don't think you look at Marquise Brown and say, this is my volume receiver that we're going to funnel the passing game through, right? I think you need to make sure that you compliment him appropriately to maximize what he offers to your football team. But we, Jason, I mean, we've Jason. also seen two different teams invest first round picks in the guy in the last, what, like four or five years. So there's yeah, something the last, to be said there. Technically last three, three seasons. Yeah. Baltimore drafted him in 19. He was He's on the for Brandon one Cooks in 2022. Plan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I think you could make a case for him to be a quality starter. So, like, you're not super dire offensively, but when you consider what the offensive or what the identity was of the Cardinals with Kyler and Cliff, for their better options to be on the offensive ball side of the ball, it's not a super big surprise, right? I mean, defensively, your premier positions are your outside pass rushers and your corners. Would you put anything else in that? Would you put, would you put an interior penetrator on that list? I don't know. Like, Not that they have it. In a but... vacuum, there's premium positions, but I think that the the premium is always the good players. So Okay, so your your primary pass rushers are Majay Sanders and Cam Thomas, who were third-round picks last year, Victor uh, Dimikeji, uh, Dennis Gardak, and Jesse Lucetta. And then your corners are Antonio Hamilton, Christian Matthew, Rashad Fenton, Marco Wilson, Nate Hairston, Isaiah Simmons, and the Nickel. Sounds like a great opportunity to move back and still find value potentially at corner, edge. It's going to be there for him. Right. And the, the interior trio's not particularly good either. No. It's led better at foe to Rashard Lawrence. Collier is a lottery ticket at this point. Carlos Watt get like 
pretty much the whole... If you're not a safety, you probably don't feel too too good about what you what you have in no. Arizona right now on the defense no. side of the ball. It's a, it's a foundational year for the Cardinals, and I can't yeah. think of a better opportunity to just have a bunch of young talent to get them a bunch of time on task and opportunity in the system to be part of like the foundation moving forward. It's a great opportunity to to really get yourself a bunch of additional assets to make that move back. Time out. Arizona failing to move back from three would be a greater or worse failure than the Panthers in year one of the Matt Rule era failing to move out of six. Or eight, or where the eight. They drafted Derek Brown at eight, I believe. Yeah, I, I'd say it'd be more um, because you're legitimately looking at this and there's going to be quarterbacks on the board. There's going to be a quarterback on the board at three especially right in front of the Colts. We'll get to the other dynamics with the landscape of this draft, but that's a prime opportunity to go and get the third guy, right? And, and so if you're going to three, you have to make sure that there's three quarterbacks that you like, right? That's that's a critical piece of it. Um, but for Arizona, I think yeah. that they're in prime position to get themselves like multiple first-round picks to set themselves up with the draft capital that we've already mentioned to really – get this thing turned around with a massive infusion of young, of young talent. All right. So, well, I, I have a question for you pertaining to the Titans and their psyche of getting this deal done, but we'll save that until mm-hmm. after we tell everybody about our friends over Bill. Yeah. And listen, the built March madness bracket, it's still going on. So we all know that you have your favorite protein bar, your favorite puff head on over to builtmarchmadness.com to vote. You know, I'm going to be supporting the Brownie batter puffs, but if you got a favorite, head on over, make your vote count, and listen. There's going to be some some people that are going to win some stuff. 50 people are going to get a free box of Built Bars, and someone's going to win a 12-month subscription to have the best Built Bars and, and Puffs delivered right to your door for 12 months. So head on over and check it out. And look, folks, if you haven't tried Built Bars, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. They're low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, they're delicious. So many great flavors are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are awesome. So head on over to BuiltMarchMadness.com. Pick up a box while you're there. Send in your vote. Time's running out. So head on over and make your count. To, your make your vote count today. We're in the finals of the Built March Madness, by the way. Yeah, I know. Brownie batter's in there, right? Brownie batter puffs versus salted caramel. Yeah, it's this is a landslide. This is no chance for the how did How caramel. did salted caramel, I get why they beat coconut puff in the Elite Eight. Them beating Churro Puff in the Sweet 16 was nonsense in the first place. I would but agree. But then they beat Cookie Dough Chunk Puff in the Final Four. Who is voting for Salted Caramel? Not me. Not me. I love Bill Bars. That's not even one of my favorites. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, Salted Caramel, it's, it's a good bar, but, like, you could hold it up against three of the, two of the three that it's beaten, and it's not even close to the best bar. Yeah. So I just voted for Brownie Batter Puff just to try and get this thing done. Yeah. Lock it in. So my question for you, you're the Tennessee Titans. There's no way you do this trade before draft night, right? Why wouldn't I? If I think there's three quarterbacks that I like and I feel like I need to go get a quarterback. Are you going to like three quarterbacks with no, how and different that's, these quarterbacks are? Correct. Like, that's that's where this gets difficult for me. Um, and – yeah, obviously we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans right now, but I think for Tennessee, if they do believe in three quarterbacks, which if they're going to make the trade, they would, 
I think there's no reason to wait. I would go ahead and do this right now. Mm. And here, here's what's interesting, Kyle. We mentioned with Arizona and their general manager being Monty Austin Ford, who was the director of player personnel in Tennessee from 2020 through 2022. Well, the Titans GM is Rand ran Carthon, and he's been a part of two big trades up. You yeah. go back to his time with the Rams, 2012 through 2016. He was a director of player personnel there when they traded up for golf. Oh, by the way, his most recent stop was with the San Francisco 49ers, 2017 through 2022, where they made the trade up the board for Trey Lance. So these trades are well within his DNA. Oh man. He's been doing this. He's, he's been part of the two of the biggest trades up in, in the NFL draft over the last 10 years. And right. so this is absolutely something he's accustomed to. Cause Rams went from 16 to one. Yeah. And 49ers went from 12 to three. And now here, this Rand Carthons with Tennessee picking 11 back in the We're saddle, baby, moving to three. He's ready to go. Man. Let's get Rand Carthon with a different team next year, just so that it can happen every year. <laughs> well, hopefully for right. Rand Carthon, he's got a little bit of time here with Tennessee right. to build yeah, let's, this let's, thing. Rand, let's make it count here. Um, I guess I'm, I'm when you put it through that lens, it kind of takes away some of the surprise that I have that Tennessee would have the appetite to do this because I think you look at the Titans roster and you recognize the attrition that's taken place on the roster over the last three seasons as that team has gotten older and not been able to bring back some players and made some, made some transitions and what the offensive line looks like. Now they feel they've probably, they probably feel as though they've landed two starters on the offensive line between Dillard and Brunskill. So that alleviates the immediate concern in that capacity. Um, you got young draft picks in Okwanku and Burks and Kyle Phillips. So you have some youth there. I guess I can see why this is the the move, but I get if I just looked at it on a surface level and it didn't have Rand Carthon's background, I would say that the Titans would probably be less likely to make this kind of move because of where the roster has trended over the last couple of years. But they've been very active in free agency. They got I mean they got a bunch of players. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's interesting about the Titans conversation is there's the why are we having this conversation? Oh, well, Rand Carthen's been part of these trades and, and mm-hmm. we, we certainly recognize that they need a new direction at quarterback. They obviously have Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis certainly struggled last year. I don't know that the book's written on Malik, but maybe they've seen enough to feel like um, they like the ideas of what they can get at number three, but Kyle, I mean, I know that you identified some talent that, that Tennessee does have, but I don't really look at them as a team that should be thinking about this right now. Um, especially, especially when you consider you're, you're probably talking about moving up for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson and both are exciting physical talents, but both are guys that need a lot of work, uh, to be the guy. And I would want to have a ton of confidence in that player if I was moving up to three. And certainly if the Titans do this, they do, right? Mm-hmm. But we see how this goes. I mean, it, it's it's not tried and true. Um, I like having convictions and going and get your guy. Like, I definitely believe in that. But I don't – I'm lukewarm on the options, and I'm lukewarm on this roster as a team that's ready to onboard a young franchise quarterback that comes in with the gravity of – what it's going to take to move up to three to get them. Well, I think that's part of the conversation too, because if, if 
is Tennessee operating in the assumption that we're not going to get close to this stratosphere to draft again? Maybe. What? I'm going to float around and produce this thing. Just give me a second, okay? All right. Well, Kyle's floating around producing, and we're considering whether or not the Titans will be in striking distance to make a trade. And I think you – well, we'll get into it in the next segment, but maybe you look at some of the teams out there that need a quarterback but aren't in striking distance and foil that against Tennessee who has a shot to get in range here. What do you – does – Ryan Tannehill have any trade value in your mind? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think he does, yes. I, Kyle, we're living in a world where last year uh, Jameis Winston was somebody's preferred week one starting quarterback. Marcus Mariota was somebody's week one preferred starting quarterback. Uh, that that happens. So I, I don't dismiss that idea at all. Um, I, I think that I saw the Bills get a third-round pick for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I'm not saying he has massive trade value, but there's somebody out there uh, that whether their starter goes down or they need a bridge guy or whatever that Ryan Tannehill should have some appeal for. So I guess that's where this gets interesting is you you look at the Titans have four players under contract with a salary cap hit in excess of $10.7 million, which is what Jeffrey Simmons is getting on the fifth-year option. You know the four? But Simmons, Byer, Tannehill, and Henry, I would guess. Well, spot I guess Harold Landry, that's maybe. Neat. That's cool. I guess I'm going to. Tannehill, Byer, Landry, and Derrick Henry are all $60 million or more. If Tannehill has trade value and you trade up for a quarterback, that's one off the books. Derrick Henry, you're, you're talking about trading. That draft capital can probably go a long way. It won't replace the ones. No. And I think there's probably a, a deep-rooted conversation in what the ones are going to – how many ones it's going to cost you to move up from 11 to 3 in the midst of Indianapolis at 4 probably trying to play defense. Yeah. The Raiders at 7. Like, you're going to have to dramatically outbid some teams here to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Derrick Henry gets you 3, and what do you – does Ryan Tannehill get you a 3? Something four. middle middle round pick like that. You know, I know, I know they traded a four for him and got Miami to eat half his dollars four years ago. But I think if he, the market gets scarce enough at quarterback, I think they could get a middle round pick. It's at least something as a part of the cap dump. So how much of this is posturing for the arms race that they're expecting in the South with the Texans loading up and getting a quarterback and the Jaguars having Trevor Lawrence and chasing him down at the end of the year last year and getting better. And how much of that is influenced here? I think it's And the Colts getting a quarterback. You're going to sit there and watch Houston. And Indianapolis. And Indianapolis while Jacksonville already has Trevor Lawrence. And you're sitting there, well, damn, we got Ryan Tannehill. Maybe Malik Willis will be good. You know, what's our path to to be part of this conversation? And I I absolutely think that's got to be part of what Tennessee's thinking about. Is that worth the cost? No. To the rest of the no, so you don't because, you don't think it's worth it to the rest of the roster. No, and I, I think teams get themselves in trouble with that. Brother, we we were AFC East fans during the Tom Brady run. We saw what our teams did to constantly posture and try to close the gap on the Patriots, right? And you did the irresponsible thing after irresponsible thing and you never did it. Don't do this. And I, and that's a huge comparison, right? But I hope you can understand philosophically like that whole concept of being so mindful of what everyone else in your division is doing that you're making irresponsible decisions to kind of stay pay stay stay the 
with them or close the gap while you're not you're not being smart enough about your build and your vision and what you need to do. I, I think you need to take your resources to build the best possible team that you can as opposed to, well, the Texans might get a good player at number two and Trevor Lawrence is good and let's see what Indy does. We might want to block them. I think you just got to make it work for yourself and, and try to build the best football team that you can with the resources that you have. Especially early on, right? Yeah, it's year you one, have time on your You have time on your side right now. But Mike Vrabel probably doesn't. And if it, there's a... He's got he's got goodwill built up with it with how good that team's been for the last six seven years, but he's is he going to want to take three years and take two regression years before the, you're competing again? I don't know. There, there's a lot of unique variables with with the shoes that Tennessee is in, and I think that's why the discussion is open to them making this kind of move. We're going to talk about what the package could look like in some of the other dominoes throughout the the draft, Kyle. But as we kind of wrap up this Titan specific conversation, I think it's really smart of you to bring up what assets they currently have that can net them some draft capital. Because one of the challenges that I have with Tennessee outside of, I don't know that they're ready to make this type of move is that they're not like loaded with draft capital. They own picks 11, 41, 72. That's it for top 100 picks. 147 is their next pick. 186, 228. So you're really going to deplete yourself very quickly. Um, and I, I get concerned about those two things being true. Hey, I don't think you're ready, but I also don't think you're necessarily loaded with assets. And, and, and that's that to me, that's a dangerous recipe for, only, for a really raw quarterback. They have one through four in 2024, too. Um, their five belongs to Carolina in the Dennis Daly trade. Mm-hmm. Their six belongs to Philadelphia for the Ugo Amati trade. Uh, they got a seven back from Philadelphia as a part of the Ugo Amati trade with a pick swap. And there's a conditional uh, Tyree Gillespie that's floating around that may or may not be theirs or not. So, so we're in of... on this from the Arizona perspective. Yeah. We're not quite seeing it from the Tennessee side of things. I I get it. I don't know that I love it. But if that's the DNA of who Rand Carthon is and, and how he's been, how he's come up to expect to build a team, there's no right or wrong way to do it, right? I just think it narrows the path. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. For the rest of your decisions. You can't do the John Robinson thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you no, you have to be the inverse it. of John Robinson if you're going to do this and have yeah. success. All right, well, there's other implications with this potential trade. We're going to explore some of that here in just a moment and, of course, talk about what this trade package could look like. So you mentioned the two Rand Carthon trade-ups in L.A. and uh, San Francisco that he was a part of. Those are two of a very limited sample size of trades into the top five four quarterbacks. We did this a couple weeks ago. Yeah when discussing the number one overall pick, and then the Carolina Panthers and, and Chicago Bears added to that with that trade, which was 9-60, a future one, a future two, and DJ Moore? Mm-hmm. Is that the full Is that the full boat? Yeah. Um, and then obviously the San Francisco deal in 2021, which was three ones, and there was some change that was thrown in on top of that. But three. That was, it was a yeah, third yeah, round compensation. Three ones and a three yeah. uh, for uh, number three overall. 
that's that's the two most recent ones. So that's the the big hits were Lance and Goff. Those were the big swings from outside the top ten. I know the the Mark Sanchez trade back in '09 or whatever it was was an outside the top ten jump up too, but that was exceptionally cheap. I don't think this one will be exceptionally cheap. Uh, it sounds like this this one is trending more towards the competition of the the QB class and the hurdles in front of Tennessee that they'd have to clear. This bidding probably starts with three ones. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's if I'm if I'm the Cardinals, I'm Monty Osenfort. Okay, we want your we want eleven, your first round pick in twenty twenty four, twenty five, and a third round pick. We want we want the same package that you gave to the Miami Dolphins when you were with San Francisco. That's what and we that, want. That doesn't help the negotiations too much, does it? No, dude. It's like you already did like, this Ray, deal. You, you just did that. You were a part of just doing this deal. Yeah. Because right? he obviously wasn't calling the shots, but he was in the building. So he's like, look, y'all know what you paid in San Francisco. Why should it be any less for one spot? One spot difference? When there were two quarterbacks that went one and two in 2021 as well? Right. I think that's where it gets the most scary for me. Like, you tell me the Titans trade up, okay, I can stomach it. But for three ones, if you're doing it blindly, I couldn't do it blindly. I'd have to know who's on the board. I'd have to definitively know I love, I love one of those players. You have to have a list of three, and you have to ask yourself. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's that. that's how you get there, and certainly you do your due diligence, but... It's to me, that's, that's how that conversation should go. Take it or leave it. But if you're Arizona, this is the other side of this, right? Like as much as it is about defense, but like if you're Arizona, maybe you're willing to move back to four with the Colts. Obviously you probably would be, maybe you can entice the Raiders at seven, uh, Seattle at five lions at six. I don't know. Maybe I don't think so there, but possibly, but I think you're you're really what you're really doing here is you're pinning the Colts against the Titans. Right, you're feeding off of that divisional yes competition. Let me ask you this: does does the this going from nine to one and not giving up three ones is that the reverse Uno card for Tennessee? I think DJ Moore counts as a one. If DJ Moore was traded independently, a first-round pick goes to Carolina. Probably. So, t- to me, I, I do think that they got three ones. So, is there an asset that can go to Arizona instead of another one? Would you rather give a different asset instead of a what, third what, one? What, are you da- what does Tennessee have that they would trade that nets you a one? Harold Landry, Kevin Bayard? I don't know, man. Yeah, so, Bayard was the, the guy who was rumored to be on the – they asked him to take a pay cut, yeah, I believe, and he scoffed at it. Tennessee do some weird stuff, man, with their players. Right. <laughs> stuff you've never seen before. So uh, Land- Landry's probably got too much dead cap to move. Bayard's got coming off an injury, right? 13-6. Like- but that's the one thing that Arizona does have is safeties. <laughs> right. I mean, they're paying Jalen Thompson like a top 12 annual average salary contract at safety, and they have Buda, Buda Baker. And then Isaiah Simmons is your nickel. Yeah, I mean, do, can you can you get? I don't know, dude. I don't know what Tennessee has. Though. Jeffrey Simmons? 
that I was just going to call a timeout and ask yeah, about Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons. That's what it is. It's Jeffrey Simmons. What's it's Jeffrey? Jeffrey Simmons what's Jeffrey Simmons worth in a vacuum? Man, brother, a lot. Well, no, no, DeForest. It's the DeForest Buckner trade is what that he's is. He's better than DeForest Buckner was. So okay, a one and some change, a four, something like that. Right. But he's your. He counts as a one. Because if ten, if Tennessee's looking at this and they're saying, "Well, we're going to get rid of Tannehill, we're going to get, we're going to move on from Henry," they're receptive to doing these things. It's not saying they're going to do that. There's obviously a a, a savings, a cap savings approach here. Now, Simmons is going to require twenty something per, probably. I'd guess he would get the number one value on the market when he signs this deal. 22? Is Tennessee, does... Is the extra one in a rookie contract more valuable to Tennessee than Jeffrey Simmons with a $22 million per year contract? That's the... That's the I'm, I'm not saying definitively one way or the other. I'm saying that's the question that they, they'd have to ask themselves if Arizona's like, okay... Yeah, we don't need three ones, but we're going to need Jeffrey Simmons then. And if you're Jonathan Gannon as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, you got to be licking your chops to get Jeffrey Simmons to jumpstart your defense. Right. You feel like you got something, you know? Right. I t- I, if I'm Arizona, I get, I, I'd want 11 Jeffrey Simmons in your first-round pick next year. That gets it done for me. I would probably take that deal as well because I think Jeffrey Simmons in a vacuum gets more than just a one. You move back to 11, you get, I don't know, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon. At yeah, how different your defense going to look with Jeffrey Real Simmons? Real quick. And... With, I mean, John, again, hopefully they can get a little bit more out of Isaiah Simmons and, and Zayvon, uh, Zayvon Collins as well, right? Like you, you hope that happens. Now, we're we're just kind of galaxy-braining this. I, I don't think we've seen anywhere that Jeffrey Simmons is no, yeah. in discussion. Like, Tennessee should want to keep him. But it's the <laughs> it, it's just that question of – is a rookie contract in 2025 more valuable to us in the build of the team than Jeffrey Simmons two years from now and paying him probably $60 million between now and then? What's the, it, what is the wind? It's the Laramie Tunsil thing with the Dolphins. Right? And the Dolphins decided, hey, the price is too good in return for Laramie Tunsil for us to justify paying Laramie Tunsil a market reset contract when we are not going to be largely competitive for the next year to two years. For Tennessee, the answer to that question lies in, did it get you your quarterback? Do you have your no-doubt quarterback? That's why you can't do it before you know who's on the board. I'm sorry, you, I, 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 I could not no, no, do it. It's... All you have to do is stack three quarterbacks. Stack I understand three. that. And if I you believe in that third one, if you believe in all three of them. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No, you can do it, Kyle. I'm telling you that you can. You, you, you can. To, I think it's insane. No, maybe it's insane. You have to find if you if there are three quarterbacks that you believe in wholeheartedly, they're going to be franchise legit quarterbacks in the NFL. You can do the trade right now. If you can honestly say that, the cost will think... be, the cost will be cheaper to do it right now. So I get it. It'd be cheaper to do it now than on draft night. I mean, I think we're looking at this a little bit too much from Tennessee side of things. Arizona also wants to maximize their opportunity to get a bunch of assets to 
fix their football team. Right. So I'd wait until so they can't sit there on and the be clock like, and be like, okay, much. guys, here's who's actually on. Who fell in love with one of these guys? Who fell in love with well, Will you Levis? Gotta have, you have that. Those those terms are all figured out already beforehand. And then you call them up and say, you want it? Could not be me. Any any Anything else here? It's fun, man. It's a fun conversation. Galaxy dude. brain stuff, huh? Didn't think we were going to talk about the possibility of trading Jeffrey Simmons as we started the show either. And hey, off we went. Now, Titans fans will, will probably be offended that we even asserted it. And I get it. Because Jeffrey Simmons is a top three interior defensive lineman. He's up there, yeah. He's up in there. The NFL. He's high. Everybody's got a price, though, right? Everybody's got a price. And we'll see if the Cardinals and Titans can agree on a price. Uh, appreciate you guys checking out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys making us a part of your day. Uh, check out all of the shows on the Locked On NFL Network and the Locked On Network in its totality. All of your teams every day here on the network. Love chatting ball with you guys. Hope you'll come back and see us again tomorrow. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you all tomorrow. Peace.